Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and today I'm joined with my friends over at the Fantasy Stock Exchange, YouTube, all that shit down below for all of them. We're just going to get right into the draft here. Start it. Go quick. Go fast. Let's fucking go, baby. Let's fucking go. So, first pick of the draft here should take about seven seconds for someone to realize that they need to pick either Christian McCaffrey or Patrick Mahomes. So, this is a Dynasty Superflex tight end premium mock draft. Pat Mahomes Thank goes you. at the 101. Thank very, you. very typical. Good pick. Yeah, good pick. Right, guys, it's, uh, again, it's quick. either him or McCaffrey. Don't even, don't even, don't even think about this other. Let's go. Uh, real quick, just gonna drag this shit out. Uh, McCaffrey jersey, number one in our, uh, number one on our boards, number one in our hearts, number uh, one pick for Tyler here, right here. Great work. Thank you. You got that from him, right? He gave that jersey to you, correct? Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, right after he uh, kicked Cam Newton off the team. <laughs> okay, so Island, baby. after Christian. I'm sorry. Go. Okay, so I said after Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson went, so nothing really out of the ordinary. Then Saquon. This is literally probably exactly what happened in the last mock draft. You guys can check that out. It was on their channel. But pretty much the exact same thing. Similar. I mean, uh, you went McCaffrey at 101. But other than that, it went uh, McCaffrey, Mahomes, Jackson, and then I got Berkeley at the 104. Spoiler alert, but, I mean, you'll see it on our channel, the rest of the draft, what we graded our teams to be. So, uh Go check it out. Link, I'm sure, will be in the description of uh, Notorious Fantasy's video. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. This right here, I mean, this guy has a Cardinals picture. Our boy Jay Love. Check him out on Twitter. Yeah, Great guy. But we got Jay a Love. whole squad of people. If you guys want to get wow. into these mocks, you can use them on Twitter. But wow. DeAndre Hopkins, too early. Wow, too early. Jay Love, dude. Hey, I like the, I like the bold move, though, because I, I have him and Michael Thomas really close. So, I, I like that poll. I would oh. say I'm Michael Thomas. Wait, wait, question. I mean, I, I don't. You don't like make projections or anything. Um, that's not kind of like how you roll with it. But how do you think Hopkins is about like stock up from this trade? Oh, uh, dynasty no. wise, yes. For this year specifically, no. No, for this year, yes. No. I, I mean, no, like, yeah. why not? No. It's a much better offense. I know the. I know he doesn't even have an off season to match with his I quarterback. I understand, but it's DeAndre Hopkins. If Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray has the IQ of Baker, I understand why maybe you wouldn't be able to get the chemistry. But he doesn't. He's a good quarterback. He'll figure out to get the ball to Hopkins. But, I mean, like every statistical analysis of a receiver moving moving teams in the off season has shown there's been some sort of regression year one, year have two. They they'll figure it. Hopkins. Odell Beckham is a talented Odell receiver. Beckham. Yeah, no. Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham is Beckham's a, uh, an issue off the field, who which very much affected himself in the in the season. DeAndre Hopkins isn't even going to have an off. Or he's not even going to have an off season this year to train with Kyler Murray because of the COVID nineteen. So you're going to expect him to like realistically here. He took him as the wide receiver one. First of all, he shouldn't be going ahead of Michael Thomas. Nobody should be going ahead of Michael Thomas as receiver. Uh, and taking him at the one hundred five there, especially over Dalvin, over Zeke. Over uh, Kamara, Murray, Michael Thomas for me. I, I just think it's a stretch. Yeah. Can we, before Nick moves on, can we go back to yes, you said that he's in a better offense, but where do you see the opportunity and the volume increasing? Because opportunity and volume are what produce fantasy points. Obviously, you can have your outlier of like 10 plus touchdowns, but you can't project that. So, where, how is he going to see more volume in an offense that's run, that is run first and they are really good at running the ball the last half of the year? Now with Christian Kirk, Akeem Butler is actually going to be active this year. And he's a bell in year two. First. It's not made to be run first. It's made to be an offense that passes. That's all Kingsbury is. If that's your best go-to part of your game, you're, you as a coach are smart enough to know that you've got to run. But now that they have Hopkins and they're going to develop their line in the draft, 
that they're, they're a passing team. Let's not forget that. That's a passing system. They're going to pass. It's not just going to be a dominant run team. Yeah. Also, know. there's a lot of touchdowns that have to be made up for for all the field goals. That, that's that's like an evident point of the offense. So that, that'll be made up. But, but you can't project the touchdowns to happen. Like you can't – because there's multiple teams that were like that. And the, the efficiency in the red zone was not – it was the exact same as the Cardinals. So I think you're not going to see the volume that that he saw last year strictly off – because you're mentioning Kingsbury's passing mm-hmm. offense. We're talking offense be- that runs four wide. Yeah. All I mean, of the time. About, uh, You're not going to see him and Will Fuller. That's it. They were like, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I mean, I went off five. Bad I get it. Michael Thomas should be the number one wide receiver, but and I those three like running backs that went off the board should should have been the board uh, should have went ahead of him in my opinion as well. He went with his guy, so I mean, you know, we wouldn't pick him. So that's, that's, I mean, what's let's 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 catch back up here. Yeah, here, here. move uh, on real quick. So after I went with Zeke, and then it was Dalvin Cook. Uh, Danny went with Kyler Murray, and then Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Nick Chubb, Lucas went with Joe Mixon and Chris Godwin as his combo there, followed by Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Dak Prescott, Josh Jacobs. Mike Evans and I went with Austin Eckler. I really wanted Dak there, but there was, was no way he was going to fall to me because he Danny wasn't even going to make it past me. I'm telling you right now, I was fully set on taking him and Kyler to stack up on those two quarterbacks in the Not first. Not Sam Donald. You got to relax there, buddy. That was seven oh four over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, after Dak went, Dak was really the guy I wanted there. I mean, it hurt me a lot that he uh, that he got sniped right before me, but. Taking Jacobs, I mean, uh, year one, he really showed uh, how talented of a player he is. He's going to get the workload in Oakland. He's got a coach that's going to give him the ball. He has first-round draft capital. And uh, in general, I just think he's there's a clear tear break uh, after him in terms of dynasty running back. So being able to lock him up at the 205 there, I think he was the best value on the board. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, at the 2-7, I went with Austin Eckler. So would anyone argue that Derrick Henry is a better dynasty pick than Eckler? Because I just can't see that at all. The man, the man does, isn't even on contract. Like, he's not. Like, he doesn't have a contract. So, there's not, there's not a chance that – I mean, like, I made a take, like, earlier saying that he's going to hold out. There's – especially without an offseason, there's no way he doesn't hold out. Mm-hmm. Like, he, yes, he's getting paid $10 million, but, okay, hypothetically, the season doesn't happen, he doesn't get paid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's – there's no way he doesn't hold out, and it's literally just going to be a Le'Veon Bell situation all over again. Yeah. I can see that. Now, the last pick of the draft so far was George Kittle and a tight end premium. Are you guys looking to draft a tight end in the first two rounds or not? I mean, when it comes to Kittle, taking him at the 212 there, I feel like there's a definite, this was a definite tear break after him in terms of dynasty tight ends. I mean, he's the clear 101, in my opinion. I mean, he's 25. He's going to produce 1,000 yards a season. He's in the Kyle Shannon offense. So, I mean, getting him at the 212 there, I completely understand the value. Now, could, would I have personally done it? I'm not 100% sure I could have. But, uh, yeah, no, 212 there, 301. I mean, you take your pick either there. I, I definitely see the value uh, simply because I just view him as being such an elite option and a tier above even – I love Kelsey and I love Andrews, but he's even a tier above him simply due to his age and to the, due to his production in the past. So uh, that's yeah, just my I'm thoughts gonna, on Kittle. I just want to jump on my pick here real quick. I took Josh Allen with the uh, with my – uh, what is it? Okay. 11. Uh, I'm going to get a guy who I'm going to go again. Like if you guys check out our video um, on fantasy stock exchange, you'll see uh, I kind of went with a win now team and it helped Julio Jones at that value. I will go again with a win now team if I need to. I mean, damn in a, in the third round, hell yeah, I'll take that. He is still a dominant wide receiver. 
I have no problem having him as my wide receiver one. Uh, I think it's a really good pick there. Yeah, for sure. Now, we haven't talked about Lucas's two picks, so we'll pivot back here real quick. At the 112, you want Joe Mixon, and 2-1, you want Chris Godwin. So what was your thought process there? I like that. I, like I mean, it a lot. I'm a big Mixon fan. I think I have them in, like, mainly every single dynasty league just due to literally everything you look for in a dynasty running back. 23, still on his rookie contract. But I've mentioned before, the team is going to pay him. They would have moved – not moved on by, with him by now, but they wouldn't have – been giving him the workload that he's on right now. If they don't see a future with him, they wouldn't have been drafting O-line heavily if they didn't see a future with him. Yeah. Um, they just kind of built the team around him. And I think that's what you need to look for when it comes to I'm, – however, I'm not like super on board. It's like we've talked about this dynasty, building a team around running backs. So I think Mixon's a guy that's safe. And then yeah. Chris Godwin, I mean, if – I don't want to be lazy with the Tom Brady slot receiver take because it's not really – It's a good take, though. A different, it's definitely a good take. Different category because, I mean – he threw to his slot because his best receiver played in the slot for 10 plus years. So it's like, Matt's very subjective to actually being like a slot receiver. So we'll see this year. Actually, not really. Cause Chris Godwin's the best receiver on that team. Great. So it's the, I guess, but I mean, I think two centerpieces there, Godwin's what 24, I think. So it's, I don't know. It was an easy, yeah. I mean, it wasn't an easy pick because there was guys like Tyreek, Devonte Adams. And um, I'm Devante, just trying something different. Yeah. So I was, th- I was thinking the, the Josh Allen Dak stack, but I, 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 yeah. I stacked two cute, QBs too too many times in these mocks. Yeah, for sure. Now, let me just go real quick and recap. So after we talked about the Derrick Henry pick, Russell Wilson came off the board, followed by Aaron Jones, and then Tyler selected Josh Allen, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, Tyler on Julio Jones, then DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Travis Kelsey, and I went with Deshaun Watson, followed by DeAndre Swift, JT, Jonathan Taylor out for Danny, uh, Cortland Sutton, Miles Sanders, and now we are waiting. So what do you guys think about Deshaun Watson now in the third round? I trashed him in your guys' video saying he was fucking garbage, but that's because I mean, that's, of where he was picked. In the third round value. here, I like yeah. the value. That's yeah, a definite yeah. value. There was no way in hell I was going to take Josh Allen, uh, take him over Josh Allen. I like Allen a lot better. Um, so that, that was an easy pick for me. Uh, this is a really good value, though, for him, so I can't really complain. I wanted him a lot to fall to me. I was going to say, oh, I was going to be cheering in the streets, being able to pair him as my quarterback do behind Kyler. Again, I've mentioned before, I'm still high on him. I still think in a dynasty that he's my current uh, quarterback six. He went from three to six for me. I mean, you, d- yeah, you, definitely have to value, you definitely have to value the loss of Hopkins. But I just think as a talent, I mean, regardless – like he's not going to resign in Houston and no matter where he goes, he's instantly going to be subjected to a, a much better offense. And we've seen uh, since basically his rookie season on a points per game basement basis, he's been a top five guy, top five option. So, uh, you know, for me here, uh, for me there, it really was a no brainer uh, like that. It was going to be my pick. However, obviously Nick took him. So uh, pivoting off that, I was thinking, okay, I want to secure my RB two with either Swift or Taylor Swift went on uh, went off the uh, the pick before me, so it made my decision easier in taking Taylor. So, uh, I I know uh, I've taken him a lot recently. Uh, but what are you guys' thoughts on that uh, Taylor three oh eight? I mean, it makes sense there. I'd rather have him over a guy like Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake any day. I mean, the other running backs that are still available, like Leonard Fournette. I mean, I like Leonard Fournette this year in redraft. But if you're talking about dynasty, he's on the last year of his contract, I believe. Then what happens? Where does he go? So. I'd rather just take a safe guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I think could be potentially an RB1 this year and for the future based on his landing spot. Obviously, we're drafting right now without knowing where he's going to go. But with that said, I like that pick there. So anyone else got an opinion on that? Uh, no, I, I like it. Um, obviously, the rookies should be valued around this this time. I think it's a good pick, and I think Danny's going to end up rolling around and getting DeAndre Swift as well here. DeAndre's gone. It'd be kind of hard. He already got taken. 
I kind of just assumed that Taylor's the first uh, guy that's coming off. So, like, um, gosh, I didn't even look before you. But, yeah, no, they're both are off. My bad. Depending on who Gopalipsy goes here, though, I will be taking a rookie. So, you'll, you'll see who I take. CD Lamb. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. Oh, my God. He hopped on yeah. right after the fucking auto pick. Oh, that's uh, a real. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Meet Joe Burrow here. Getting him at the 405. Again, I value him as an early third-round pick personally. So uh, I personally view that as a steal. Again, I mentioned uh, previously he is uh, my quarterback eight in Dynasty. Uh, just simply because I look at the talent. I look what he's able to do with LSU this year. Uh, he's going to get first overall pick draft capital. They're going to build a team around him. Uh, I just think he's a talented player. So getting him at the 405 to be my quarterback two behind Kyler Murray, I'm stoked, especially with that RB core I'm building up between them. So I really love the value here. Uh, I love I love how my team's turning out. So, what are you guys' thoughts on Burrow? Oh, I, I like Burrow a lot. I just don't know how much I trust him necessarily because I we I know we talked about this in the last video, but I don't know if Joe Burrow is really going to be that guy that a lot of people believe he is. I hope he is. He looked very good in college. But with that said, what do you guys think about Joe Burrow? I mean, like, what do you what do you what is everyone projecting him for? I mean, in I personally the- think he's got top five upside. Like, not year one, obviously, but I mean in the long term. I think he's got top five upside in the long term simply because he's got first-round draft capital. He showed in college how truly special of a player he actually is. I mean, is anyone going to dispute how good of a player he is simply based on the season he just had? I mean, A little bit. A little bit. If you're going to argue the Clyde Edwards-Alaire production take, then you have to argue, argue Joe Burrow. It's the oh, same conversation. I mean, everybody's going to try to nitpick people down – as much as they can. I mean, p- people are going to find a way to nitpick Trevor Lawrence next year. People are going to find a way to nitpick Justin mm-hmm. Fields. I mean, it's, it always happens to high, high-end quarterback prospects. Yeah. I just look at it. He's almost a guarantee at this point. Let's be honest here. Would you like? How shocked would you guys be if he wasn't the first overall pick? Uh, very we're shocked. shocked. Like, but I mean, I guess we're. How I don't know. Obviously, you can't you can't project top five next year. Oh, no, I don't I'm even not, know if the year not, after. Not even remotely. Again, to uh, put together to put together a top five fantasy season, you're not only you have to like your offense has to be good, but your whole team has to be good. The yeah, Bengals team is far from that, but they have the pieces on offense. Like coming back, I mean, like we mentioned, uh, even though AJ Green's old, he's still a good piece. Uh, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, a good breakout candidate, uh, and they have the pieces in the draft. They have the draft capital to be able to build an offensive line, especially around guys like Jonah Williams and uh, what's it called Billy Price. So. Uh, I like what they have, and again, I'm a I'm a fan of Zach Taylor, especially uh, like I, I what I've seen uh, like what he was able to do with the Rams too. I mean, like we haven't really seen the sample size. I just like the theory of you know we're gonna really bring pace to our offense. Joe Burrow's a, t- a guy who's really gonna uh, be able to elevate with a, a fast-paced offense. I mean, we saw what happened with Kyler Murray this year, for example, being subjected to a system like that. I again, I'm really high as um, Burrow as a talent. I mean, he's my quarterback one in this class. He's going to go first overall. Getting him at the fourth round in uh, a startup draft, I just think it was too much value to pass up. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So after Joe Burrow was uh, another rookie, Tua. Obviously, Tua is going to be a great pick for the future this year. Who knows if he even steps on the field? After that, I went with AJ Brown over Odell. If I'm being honest with you, the reasoning is I just hate Odell Beckham Jr. You would never catch me drafting him. I don't believe in him. I'd rather just take a, a more risky shot on AJ Brown. After that, Jay Love went with Matt. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, then Odell, Stefan Diggs, Tyler went with Carrion Johnson. So there seems to be a trend between the last two videos. Tyler likes picking injury-prone running backs, apparently. Yeah, so what oh. the hell is that? Come on. Yeah, I, just yeah, like doing, I, I just like picking them in bunches. I'm, 
a healthy carry on is incredibly effective. I agree. That's that's a big and, and I will okay. take that. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not arguing that, but you can't say healthy carry on because name a healthy carry on time or chunk in the season. His rookie year. Yeah, that's, that's pretty healthy. Healthy. like. He was well. Hold on. Well, no, he wasn't. Oh, you're joking. Okay, I'm a fucking dumbass. He was so uh, healthy, dude. Come on. Listen, on on the chance that see, that's why I went with a more more safer kind of guy with my next pick. So I just oh, want to. I'll slug. take the home run hit uh, if it's there, and Montgomery's on the field at least. But uh, at best, at best, really at best, you can. Okay, so you took an injury prone running back carry on. Why wouldn't you just take an injury prone Todd Gurley? That is the workhorse. That isn't a very much better offense. It was thought about, but I also want to make sure this team is young because it, it, it kind of is chalking up that way, even though that wasn't my initial intention. So after Julio, I'm going I'm to be I'm gonna be looking for younger wide receivers later on in the draft. Um, I want to try and balance this team a little bit better for a dynasty startup uh, with keeping myself young, uh, while at the same time making sure I have my bases covered and I have a really solid starting team. No, that makes sense. I mean, I I like David Montgomery a lot, actually, in the fifth round, if I'm being honest with you. I would have just yeah. taken him over carry-on in the four, at 4-11 and then just said, fuck it, and drafted someone like that. I just kind of felt, uh, real quick, I just kind of felt looking at the team before me, uh, he he was going to go with a guy like carry-on. I just want to make sure I had both of them because uh, that guy kind of has um, some more established players. So I wanted to take a guy uh, carry-on before Montgomery, but still, either way works. Yeah, I know the guy who made the pick is a fan of my channel. He picked Devin Singletary. So, do you guys – I like Devin Singletary's talent. I just don't think he will ever be the, like, lead back on the team. They're always going to bring someone else in. So, that obviously hurts his fantasy value. So, that's why I wouldn't really draft him in the fourth round. But Yeah, I definitely uh, – he's definitely not a drafter for me at the 412. I mean, I, I know I've said it before, especially in my previous video – in our previous video, sorry. But uh, I just think it's so likely that they bring in a nice compliment to him, like an A.J. Dillon, for example, in the draft. Because simply put, like, as much as I like him as a talent, like, he's 5'7", 200 pounds. He's not – like, as much as we want to believe he can be a workhorse, an NFL team simply won't give him workhorse touches long-term. I mean, we saw it with Lindsey this year. He was such an effective back. I think Lindsey's a good back. But NFL teams just won't commit to a guy of that stature long-term. It's just – proven it's been proven in the past it, it will be proven for the future and i just saw that gift added to the chat but uh <laughs> yeah uh, those are just my thoughts on singletary i mean i know obviously lucas you're a little bit higher on him so what are your thoughts on singletary there i mean i i guess i just look at it as you don't have to be a workhorse to produce fantasy production we've seen james white and Tariq cohen and many different worse gatbacks darren sprawls was effective in fantasy Freaking Austin Eckler was the RB4 last year, and he wasn't even the full-time back. So I think what you have to look at it, like, I don't – I don't know. I guess I'm just not going to say he's not a workhorse or he's not going to produce fantasy value because if this offense is what they did last year, now adding Stephon Diggs, which in real-life football, that's, that's adding a huge element. The defense is fantastic. It has to be up there for top five defense in the NFL. It's not going to matter if he's not a workhorse because the workhorse in that offense is getting 3.5 to 4 yards per carry uh -huh. but the scat back or the off pace back is the one that's breaking those 20 yard receptions those 20 to 30 yard rushes and it obviously like volume is king when it comes to like projecting and like feeling good about your offense but if i mean raheem Mostert last year if he's taking eight carries for 140 yards on a touchdown it doesn't matter that's just as good as someone going for 20 carries for 120 yards on a touchdown you know what i'm saying so i think it's yeah the fourth round, I think that's that's where it might be pushing it a little bit because I think I would still rather have a guy like Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley right now over him. I get, like, age and all that stuff, but I think that stuff can be fixed when you actually have a dynasty team and you can work that out. That's why I don't want to, like, 
subjective myself or like fixate myself on like I like him better ranking him higher because he's younger because that is a, it's it's about length they're going to get their volume in their career not about how long they're going to be in the NFL yeah that makes sense now before my pick uh was DJ Chark and then I went with Calvin Ridley Michael Tom Michael Gallup I should say and then Danny went with Ken, Keenan Allen now I was debating between Ridley and Keenan Allen but I just decided to say young I said fuck it my other wide receiver is young I'll stay young why do you do you why did you pick uh, Keenan Allen over a guy like Cooper Cup or anyone else? I mean, I just love what Keenan Allen brings you. I mean, he's been, a, he's been a top top 10 receiver for the, the past four years. I mean, getting him at the 5'8 here, he can be uh, like, I, I, I only need him to be a low-end wide receiver one for me, and he's going to return excellent value on that. So getting him at the 5'8 to pair with my team, I got my two quarterbacks, I got my two running backs. I, I love the fit here. I mean, I contemplated a guy like Cam Akers, but I just thought it was more likely I'd get him on the turn as opposed to losing on a talent like, uh, Keenan Allen. So that, that's why I took him. But uh, again, like, a guy like K-Makers would have been in consideration as well. I like Thielen a bit better. I think just the offensive upside is, is better for Thielen. But hey, I can't disagree with the pick. You get Keenan Allen in the, at 5.8, pretty pretty good value. Yeah. If you if you were to make rankings right now, you're – like obviously you didn't you, – There's you would not put DJ Chark – okay, like yeah. overall dynasty rankings, Keenan Allen's only two years older than Calvin Ridley, three than Michael Gallup. I don't know. DJ Chark's fucking wash anyway. That's not that's a super bust pick right there. But you, Keenan Allen is such a value in drafts. The man's 27. He's finished his PPR wide receiver six last year with Phillip Rivers as his quarterback. Yes, he might have Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's going to bring something to that offense that Phillip Rivers didn't, which is going to be a good thing to me. That's how I kind of look at it. Adding a rushing quarterback to an offense with that a good offensive line. They've made good moves. I think – I'm kind of leaning that they're going to take Otako at six. This come come this draft, I've just kind of leaned that way lately. Their defense is fantastic. Their their cornerback three is Chris Harris Jr. Like, come on, they made a Pro Bowl corner as their cornerback three, and I think Keenan Allen's prime for a big year to be honest. And I think even I I like Ridley and I like Gallup, but I don't think we can project Keenan Allen to be lower than those two to be honest with you. Oh, I understand. To, that. To, sorry, I was going to say to add to that. Uh, I mean, there are two top considerations out uh, number six overall or offensive tackle and quarterback. Either or is going to help Keenan Allen regardless because whoever's going to be back, there's going to have more time uh, with the quarterback that's going to be brought in to feed Keenan Allen down the field. And if they bring another quarterback in, I mean, what are the chances he really he's really going to play worse than even what Phillip Rivers played exactly. last season? Like, Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers was terrible last year. Yeah. And so, the, man, uh, the man's going to play for the next six, seven years. He's going to play until he's 34. 30. Like, it's just the way – it's just the type of receiver he is. Like he's a Julio Jones type of receiver, like a huge dude that's going to get 10 plus targets a game. So, I mean, obviously I didn't take him. Um, like I could, I wasn't going to take him in the fourth round because any quarterbacks, but if he was there for my pick, I definitely would have smashed that for sure. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. after, uh, oh, you can go. I was going to say, segueing into that, uh, we saw, like, obviously you're just about to do it, but like I was thinking about it, but uh, we saw Cooper Cup, Melvin Gordon, and Cam Akers go off the board. Again, Cam Akers was a guy I was considering at that 508. I just thought it was more likely that he would make it back to me around than uh, a guy like Keenan Allen would. But then we saw Lucas uh, team up DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. And I will just say, I am a huge fan of that move. I mean, those two young, talented uh, second year wide receivers, I just find are going to be extreme values in uh, drafts this year. I mean, 900 yards in the rookie seasons, uh, really doing it in uh, not the greatest situation. Like, I mean, DK projecting forward is going to be in a great situation, but look at last year. He didn't have a lot of uh, volume to him per se, 
but he was just so efficient with the ball in his hands. And I really target guys who are able to produce on a, an efficient basis in the rookie years, just simply because you're able to project the volume to increase over time. Uh-huh. So uh, I love those two receivers. I mean, you guys can add to it, but those are incredible values. I would definitely would have considered either or if they made it to my 605. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Now, I want to pivot real quick. So after Lucas went with DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, then Daniel Jones came off the board, followed by Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, I went with Tyler Boyd. Then Evan Ingram came off the board, followed by Chris Carson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Todd Gurley. So Tyler does it yet again. He drafts Matt Stafford two drafts in a row, but this time he discovered <laughs> that he doesn't have to pick him in the third round. Who would have done <laughs> Well, I will say, hey, listen, it's a little different. Look at, look at last draft in comparison to this one how many quarterbacks have actually gone off. Like, I mean, so you just got a game plan. Guys, that's that's huge. Your draft, you got to play it. You can't really predict what guys in your league are going to do. You got to play it off of what is handed to you. And if you get handed an opportunity to let Stafford fall all the way back to you, you should. Because I was thinking about it with the carry on Montgomery pick. And I went ahead and just went ahead and duoed running backs and prayed on, on a limb that he would get back to me. He did. And I'm feeling really good right now with my team, especially since I'm going to go ahead and add Tyler Lockett here establish that wide receiver for but before we before can we pivot back to the cam makers pick yeah go ahead so subject okay i get i'm not saying cam makers is bad i love his talent he's a fantastic athlete but what draft capital is going to give him more volume than todd Gurley, chris carson even david johnson Le'Veon bell like all these guys in the next two three years I mean, from a short-term standpoint, you could definitely argue that uh, Carson, Gurley, and Johnson, and even Bell are going to give you the floor. They're going to give you the volume right away. But I just look at it. If he's getting second, third-round hypothetical value, uh, he's going to end up being the workhorse anywhere he goes. I mean, I, again, I'm a huge fan of his film. He's my RB3 in this class. Uh, no matter where he goes, I feel like he's going to have a 15-touch-a-game type of role at the very minimum. Uh, and he's doing it at 22 years old. He's going to do it with four years left on his rookie contract, whereas the other guys, I mean, Carson's coming up, coming off a fractured hip. Gurley's got no knees. And David Johnson, man, like that, that guy is the most washed freaking running back I've ever Yeah, but he's going to get 150 carries this year. Oh, but how good are those carries going to be? I just don't see the Carlos upside. Carlos Hyde is a top rusher. For sure, but I mean, like, I'm, t- I'm talking about upside in terms of fantasy. Was, a, was Carlos Hyde a top 15 running back in fantasy? Uh, let's find out. He didn't catch no, the ball. I don't but David think Johnson so, but, like, Duke Johnson is, like, irrelevant in that system. They don't use him correctly. So, David Carlos Johnson is running back 30. I guess, okay, what yeah. I'm saying is you can't take a risk on Cam Akers in the fifth round because we, we don't know where he's going to go. Here's the thing. He's going to be the fourth running back off the board, maybe the third. Like, maybe, maybe the third. Maybe even the sixth if some team goes Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon ahead of him. There is not six teams that need a workhorse or a running back that's going to get more touches in the next two, three years than Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, David Johnson. Like, there's, not, like, there's not at best four teams. I was going to say, if Carson was 100% healthy, I would totally agree with that. But just the hip is scary, man. Like a fractured hip, you have to keep in mind, like that's a big hit on a running back like that. He's such a physical yeah. in between the tackles runner. Now, if he's fully healthy, I mean, I fully see it. We've seen him become a top 10 running back option when healthy. I just think like you got to factor that in, man. But Carson's upside, definitely. I fully agree. I probably would have taken Carson over Akers simply at that spot. But again, I still love Akers. And now I'm on the clock and I'm going to take another rookie running back that somehow fell to me here. Uh, if I can just hop on real quick. Uh, is he here? Wait, wait. Dobbins? Yeah, Dobbins. Okay, okay, dope. 
Yeah, Dolphins at the 708. I mean, I look at it, it's basically a similar pick to, uh, pick to Akers, except I'm getting him two rounds later. So, uh, you know, I love the value there. I mean, he's get him as my RB3. Uh, I'm loving the way my team's looking. But what do you guys thoughts on Dolphins at 708? No, I, lo- I like that. I honestly would pick him over Akers, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, at this value, it's amazing. I think J.K. Dobbins, to me, is the three in Dynasty over Akers. I don't – I get the Akers love, but I just think Dobbins is a bit better. But that's nothing, like, completely different. I mean, they're very close to each other in s- skill, in my opinion, for where they'd finish in fantasy. But I, I do like Dobbins there, the 7-8. It's much more valuable than having Cam Akers at, at the 5 – what was that, 5-11? Five, 5-11. Eleven. Five, eleven. Yeah. I mean, I agree uh... – we just saw Damian Williams go off the board. What are you guys thoughts on him at seven eleven? I mean, I mean, it's I don't okay. know. You can't take Cam Akers and then go take Damian Williams. Like I don't know where those two add up in terms of like for the future win now type pick. For all we know, they could end up on the same team. Yeah, they they one hundred percent literally. <laughs> to recap yeah, real quick. Wash. After I went with Boyd, uh, Evan Ingram came off the board. Chris Carson, Aaron Rodgers, Matty Snapback, uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, Devontae Parker, Tyler Lockett, David Johnson, and a quarterback run of Ryan Tannehill, Horsecock, Drew Locke. I went with Jared Goff, and then Drew Brees, J.K. Dobbins, Jerry Judy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Damian Williams, Le'Veon Bell. So why would you think about taking Teddy Bridgewater in the seventh round? I have no idea. Man, I, I guess like when you have no quarterback through seven rounds, it forces your hand, but there's literally no upside with Teddy Bridgewater whatsoever. I mean, would you, like hypothetically considering here, uh, where would you uh, take him in terms of quarterback rankings? Like he'd probably be around the twenty to twenty-four range. Yeah, well, I mean, to, like, you know, I'll it. say this. I mean, I'll take. Uh, let's let's look at who's on the board right now. Are you able oh, to talk Sammy Mono? My my boy's still on the board here. Like you, 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 as much as you guys hate Sammy Mono, there's no way you're taking Teddy Bridgewater over Sam Darnold here. Yeah, like not a chance. No way. I mean, Tyler. Otherwise, name this other guys real quick. Where Where is DJ Moore ranked at in your dynasty rankings for receivers? Wide receiver six. Where's Christian McCaffrey? Obviously, but I mean, are you high? Are you high? Are you high on Curtis Samuel? Now we could hype up the situation all we want. We could hype up the situation all we want, but I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. Oh, but I just don't think he's a high volume quarterback. What I'm saying is, you cannot be high on DJ Moore. Say that Curtis Samuel is a breakout candidate, and say Robbie Anderson's a deep threat with Ian Thomas there, and say Teddy Bridgewater there's no upside. If there's no just, upside with Teddy B, there's no upside with any of those players. I just don't no, but I just Teddy don't think being a good quarterback. I don't think Teddy B being your number one quarterback is good at all. Oh no, no, not a chance. But no, he, no. well that's he different. Is going but to I be take a him over Darnold. I see no. him as I see him as maybe like a mid to low end uh, quarterback too, which is about where I had him there. Well, if you think about it, I think he's uh, quarterback yeah. twenty. That's about he's mid, quarterback mid to low end. Well, I if mean, you're gonna say he's quarterback twenty, I mean. Let's look at how many guys we got off the board so far. If you're going to go back to comparing him to Sam Darnold, what is the difference? Well, Sam Darnold has upside in the future. Sam Darnold's actually a but talented you quarterback. But you can't say you're talent. You have to, wait, so he's going off at quarterback uh, 20. What's the complaint? Okay, but oh, is that 20 there? Uh, I don't know. 710 just seems valuable considering uh, the guys that went off the board here. Sure, I'm just going to make my pick and I'll – Yeah, I mean, I took Teddy Bridgewater in the other mock we did in like the 12th round. So, I mean, just the seventh round is where it's like kind of scary – because you could probably wait a lot longer on Fuck, him. I, got, I lost my time, man. You got Christian Kirk. It's okay. Uh, that sucks. Oh. Wait, but can we uh, – can, can we you just circle? change that quick? Yeah, regular? who did you want? Can you Whoa. change it to regular Jefferson? I don't know. <sighs> man, I was can we circle back that, to but... the – So, okay. Here, okay. the thing with Teddy B is you can't say there's no upside. 
I don't care if he's not a good quarterback because one, we never seen him play a full season. Injuries, whatever. We've never seen that. How? What do you? What did you watch last year? He went five and zero. I mean, I get that he was on a really good. No, but if you actually watch the games, used like I'm pretty sure his yards per attempt was only six point three on the season. Okay, six point three yards per attempt. Super accurate. So but have you he's been, accurate throwing six yards on the field. My fucking grandma could do that. You're going to give him the best pass catching back, and you're you're going to be upset that he's only throwing it six yards. I'm, no. I'm not. I the mean, thing here, I'm pulling up. He's a Bridgewater owner. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take. I'll I mean, take completions all over I'm saying, over Darnold trying to wing the ball. All over. all I'm saying is there's absolutely no talent to throwing the ball six yards down the field. Like they're literally. But you're not. Around. But you're not drafting talent. You're yeah. drafting fantasy points. And I get that, but I'm saying like his talent is going li- to limit his upside as a oh, fantasy quarterback. It's different like his situation, like I'm, don't get me wrong, his situation is what makes him relevant. He so wasn't was in that situation. Why was Tom Brady such a good fantasy quarterback? He threw checkdowns all the time. He's actually a good quarterback. He, he actually can throw the ball down the field. He actually can throw the ball down the field if he needs to. If you don't need to throw it down the field because well, you're winning games, you don't need to. Why? Why but, would he do? What makes Teddy a good quarterback? He's throwing the ball six yards on the field. Okay, the you're asked for throwing, that. throwing six yard passes. Yeah. So you guys actually think Teddy's a good quarterback? Look, hold up. Just Look from at the watching roster. the games. Look at the roster. You can either throw it deep to Traquan Smith, or you can give it to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Why? Why would he have tried to but, throw it? What, what from watching last season? What actually jumped off the screen to you that Teddy Bridgewater is a talented quarterback? You went five and zero. Oh. He went five and zero. Oh. Okay, but people are going to argue record again. Like for example, there's so many quarterbacks that can win if if they're put in the exact situation they need to be. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater showed me nothing that he actually excelled the situation he was in. Like there's people arguing on Twitter. Oh, uh, Doc, Doc, blah blah blah. Went eight and eight. Like, are you kidding me? If you watch anything from last season, he pushed the ball down the field at a remarkable weight. He threw 30 okay. touchdowns. I mean, I, I'm not talking about Dak compared to Teddy. I'm just saying, like, quarterback wins is the most overrated stat in the not, NFL. So you got to look, look at the overall situation, Tyler. You got to look okay, at. Okay, but here, okay, go back. We, we can't, we can't leave the Sam Donald thing. You're saying he has more talent, but you cannot say 100% he has more, more talent. Upside. Okay, but you cannot say he has long more term. Upside. He has more upside than Teddy Bridgewater. Long term, he definitely hunt. Like uh, but Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater's receivers are 22, 23, 26. He has an overall. Yeah. overall I get he, that. His, like I've already acknowledged that his situation is better. But even last season, like what was Teddy? He has more upside. right now. What was Teddy Bridgewater's points per game in fantasy in his starts? In the Saints, which is Hold one up. of the best offensive situations in the freaking league. Yeah, that's based Here's off that. of short yard passing. You know that. There's a whole that. argument you know towards that. making him a good quarterback. The whole argument towards making him a good quarterback. Wait, wait, I got why you. Would you, you, you have, if you're Michael Thomas and Kamara, why would you throw but a you, That is ignorant. Okay, but, 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 does, does short passes not contribute to fantasy points? So you're saying that because he showed, threw short passes, it affected his fantasy finish? Wait, wait, is that we, not what you're going to be getting with Carolina? I got the numbers pulled up. Yes, Michael Thomas' average depth of target. He had two total catches 20 yards down the field last year. Guess his average at the target. I don't know, probably under 10. Eight, 801, right? Yeah. Okay, guess Drew Brees' yards per attempt. Okay, but you see what Drew Brees does. Drew Brees actually has volume, though. Drew Brees actually throws but, a lot, a lot. No, he doesn't. A he lot. had 7.9. His number was 7.9. Yeah, that's Teddy, a lot more than 6.3. What do you mean? Seven, 7.1 was Teddy B's. 6.3. Pro football. I literally just pulled up pro football reference. Uh, average yards per you attempt. Sure? Average yards per attempt. 
I swear. I maybe it was yards per completion, but that's or, not, you can't uh, that. Way, that's no, the average yards per yards per attempt. Yeah, well, here, Daddy, try to make a pick here. I mean, like the right sorry, here. My pick again. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I I think he will have games where he's like a top ten guy because he dumps the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and he takes it to the house three fucking times. But I don't really like him as much as you guys do either. I'd prefer Darnold over him. But with that said, after Teddy Bridgewater went, then Damian Williams, then Lucas went with Le'Veon Bell and Hollywood Brown. I love Le'Veon Bell over Damian Williams there, like 100%. I don't know why that guy. He fell asleep at the wheel drafting Damian Williams. Followed by Zach Ertz, Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, Jalen Rieger, uh, Hunter, or no, Henry Ruggs. I went with Darrell Henderson, Mike Williams, Kareem Hunt, Christian Kirk, uh, Tyler went with Noah Fant, then Kirk Cousins, Darius Geis, Tyler went with Lair, uh, Jarvis Landry, Mark Ingram, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Howard, I went with John Brown, Philip Lindsay, uh, Danny went with Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, Darren Waller, TB12, and Lucas is on the clock. Before we hear what Danny has to say about his picks, uh, yeah, Lucas, t- what do you think of here? T- ugh, yeah, you know exactly what I'm going to say, but go. <sighs> I'm looking this way. Oh, talk okay. about your picks. All right. Um... So no offense, a great grab there. Yeah, uh, I, like, I love that pull. Yeah. Um. So very very excited about that one. And then Jarvis Landry, why the hell is he going this late? He is the he's the best. He's going to be the best receiver in that offense. He's not going to play the start of the year. They have. He was out yeah, sixty. He's out like yeah. I think it was like four to eight that, months or something. And they, they literally have like five mouths to feed in that offense. They have one Nick Chubb. OBJ's trash. You say that Austin now, Hooper. You can say that now, but no one said that last year and everyone drafted OBJ high. So like I feel like now is like it's like, yeah, obviously they do. Um I don't even know who I'm trying to pick here. OBJ is just not an effective running back. Uh, so that was a great pick. I love Pollard. <laughs> I I agree. I mean he he's not an effective wide receiver. But uh Danny, what were you thinking when you went with oh. Beager and Jefferson? I mean uh I was thinking between Rieger and uh, Hunt at that pick simply because I look at Hunt's value. I mean, he's got standalone value for this uh, year. I Honestly, I just kind of picked Rieger because my time ran out. But uh, if I really evaluated more, I probably would have taken Hunt. But again, you got Rieger. He's going to be top uh, top 40 uh, draft capital. I just think he's a talented receiver. To, uh, took Jefferson the ninth round. I mean, at that value, I just would re- much prefer him. Not much prefer him, but I would prefer him slightly to guys like Harry and McCall Hartman who just went off. Uh, just after him so I mean I like the value there but again my fa- my pick there would have been Fant and that just absolutely got ripped from my heart so uh, yeah and uh, here I mean I think I have him queued but uh, let me just check my queue just to make sure because I, I, I have to drop off my phone by the way because if you guys haven't checked my screen for whatever reason this app is broken and it won't show up on my screen so uh, yeah I'm just I'm just gonna take Henry here I mean 10th round, I mean, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But on a points-per-game basis, basis, he's going to deliver you top seven to uh, – top six, seven uh, type of value. So, I mean, at the at the 10th round here, I just think it was worth the risk. So, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I, th- I think it's worth the risk at that point. I mean, Hunter Henry has the potential to be, like, a top five tight end every single week. But he he's just one of those guys who's always going to get hurt. So, that obviously worries me. I, I probably would draft him there. But – Looking at the tight ends that went above him, like I would much rather have Hunter Henry than a guy like Zach Ertz or Irv Smith by like a thousand. Green. Now, my picks, I went with Darrell Henderson, John Brown, and then I went Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I know Tyler loves him, but Darrell Henderson, we had an argument in the last video about this, how some people think Darrell Henderson's good. Other people think it's going to be Malcolm Brown, this, that, and the other thing. I just see too much upside in Darrell Henderson in the eighth round to not pick him. And then Lucas went with uh, Nikhil Harry and Tony Pollard. So what was your thinking between both those guys? 
I mean, I think Nikhil Harry is a solid value. I'm not like super confident in the pick. I mean, you can't project a new quarterback coming in and being good, but who's to say that a new quarterback's not going to like him? Um, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's just more of a – it's a homer pick. I'd rather have him than McCole Hardman. Preston Williams' injury still kind of scares me. Will Fuller, I'm not even going to talk about. And then I was looking at T.Y., but he just kind of – his injury kind of scares me. And then Pollard, I mean, Zeke's going to have Zeke, – Zeke has an out in his contract next year. They're going to get rid of him, and they're going to they're gonna fix their cap mistake pretty simple um, next year. So I, I like Pollard there for sure. All right, yeah, so – uh... And even if they don't move on from Zeke, I mean, Paul is going to get a starting running back opportunity in the short term, in my opinion, just based off what he flashed last season. I mean, I think he's an ultra-talented back. Again, I, I said it as soon as he picked it. I think 10th round there is where he should go, and I think the upside he could pay off is tremendous. Uh, but, yeah, no, those, those are just my thoughts on that. Yeah, what, what do you guys think about Keyshawn Vaughn in the 10th round out of Vanderbilt? I want to talk about this. I want to scream this. Okay, he's not a 10th round value. This is dumb. The pick he's was not going to be a starting running back. I know. Hold up. Hey, I didn't say he was. I don't think he's worth the 10 pick, the 10 pick at all. However, in rookie drafts, if you do not know who this is, this guy is probably the best sleeper running back there is. This guy can do literally everything in an offense. He can pass, he can catch, he can his pass blocking, the effort, he's not great at it, but the effort he puts into it shows that no matter what team he's gonna go to, he is going to put in a lot of effort. He's gonna be a competitor at every single stage. He's not a guy who gives up on plays. He's going to be a coach's dream, and he's going to go to a situation, hopefully he goes to a situation that he's going to be quite effective in because I love him as a prospect, even though he won't get the draft capital. My problem with Keyshawn Vaughn is probably something that you love about him. I, I, like, I, I like him as a backup running back you can get in the fourth, fifth round. The problem with him is he has no special traits that I see. He's just a good all-around type of player, which is what you draft your backups to be. And he's coming out. He's 23 years old at this point. I mean, you just don't you just don't see good running backs come out so late. I mean, it's it's statistically proven that most stud running backs come out when they're uh, first year eligibles. I mean, look at it. You got Saquon Barkley, you got Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, all those guys came out when they're first-year eligibles. It's just it's a proven thing. When you're good enough to be a starting running back in the NFL, you come out as soon as you're eligible to leave college. Uh, so his, his age really concerns me. I, again, I like him as a player. When I was watching him on film, he looked really good on film. He, uh, he's good at everything. It's just, again, the lack of elite traits and the age really concerns me in terms of a fantasy, uh, fantasy perspective on him. So those are my thoughts on Vaughn. Philip Lindsay came out at 23. It's not impossible to be to be a good running back just because you're old. I mean, oh, sorry. you can come out as a veteran guy and, and have the establishment and, and be a really good back. And I think he will be because he's a, he's going to fight for a position on a team and be quite effective. I, I really do believe it. Even if he's he won't get the initial starting, he won't. It's just the capital won't be there to make it happen. The ca- sometimes second round backs don't have the capital to be starters immediately. But I really, really do get behind this guy. And if you have, um, if you have taxi squad spots and you're sitting in the third round and he's staring at you, take him, put him there because I third, swear he will be a third round rookie draft. I have absolutely no problem touching a guy like that. I just, I thought when you said like value in the draft, you're going to mention like mid second, which I would have argued I you on. I, I would take him in the mid second without an issue. Like two, two or four, two or five. Well, over, the, over well, the receivers well, available. Be off the board. I mean, uh, hypothetically, the, the, the 204, 205, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, I mean, you're going to have guys like Jalen Hurts, uh, nope. Jordan Love probably go in that region. Pass. Unless it's a super flex, you, then I'll take, I'll take Love. No, no, we're, we're referring to super flex here, obviously. Okay, so I'll take Love. I'll take Love there. What about Hurts? No. You're taking Vaughn over Hurts. You're taking Vaughn over Hurts. There's no way to tell he's starting. 
There's no way Antoine Vaughn is starting. There's a, there's a higher chance that Hurts becomes a starting quarterback than Vaughn becomes a starting running back. I mean, you can't argue that. I'm not joking. Eason ran like 0.3 uh, – what is it? Ten slower than him. I'm not even. Joking. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not talking about Eason right now. Fast. I'm talking about Hertz compared to Vaughn. I no, didn't I'm even... saying that that. Uh, I, okay, like all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to a point Tyler made. He, you were talking about how you were kind of saying how like age doesn't matter when it comes to dynasty, and I yes. think I don't want to say that it does matter because age. Okay, age matters, but matter. I'm just saying. Name, it's, it's name how many players. Say. I mean, we haven't been playing dynasty that long to know. Name how many players you keep on your dynasty team for more than three plus years. There's there's more attached to it than yeah. than just oh he's going to be the starter f- for the next six years because we were mentioning Mark Ingram on our channel. The value Mark Ingram is going to bring you in two years is worth more than a hundred carries in a very bad offense for six years is going to be. You have to look at it at like how it's actually going to affect your team because in a way you're always trying to win. You're always trying to you're trying to win money you're trying to win money every single year and not lose money so you have to look at it at what value he's going to bring because say Vaughn goes to the Chiefs he'll be a mid round two rookie draft and you're going to want to take him because Damian Williams has had trouble with injuries LaShawn McCoy's not there Daryl Williams not good perfect opportunity to slide in in your round two rookie pick give you five or six weeks where you're going to win go in the playoffs and then you just sell him right there so I think you made a good point of like like, I don't want to say age doesn't matter, but you can't – that can't be your only factor when it comes to evaluating players because say someone doesn't like how old he is. Okay, you're just going to get him at a later pick at a better value. And then in the long term, you're going to be better off in that case. I was going to say, to me, the age more so affects his draft capital than him as a prospect or than him as a fantasy asset. Because what I'm saying is capital his doesn't matter. He's just draft capital 100% matters. What well, do you mean? For draft him, capital said, is the main thing. I said for him because he won't get drafted in the third. He won't second first. That's not even in, a, in the he'll probably be a fifth. He'll probably be a fifth round pick, give or take. But he's the kind of talent, and he's the you watch watch his watch him fight just to make a a freaking block on an, on a blitzing right outside linebacker. Just just watch the effort he puts in. That oh, is I mentioned he's good at everything. Like he's good. He's good at everything, but he has no elite traits that will translate towards being a good back in the NFL. He could definitely be a change of pace uh, tandem back. I still see that. Like he's he's a good player. I like the player. I just, in terms of a fantasy asset, I just don't see the upside with him. Okay, right, let's look at some teams here that, that we piece together. Yeah, here let me read Tyler's team first. We're gonna recap. All the teams that we did, obviously, we're not going to recap everyone's team because this will take far too long. So Tyler's first pick was Christian McCaffrey, followed by Josh Allen, Julio Jones, Carrion, David Montgomery, Matthew Stafford, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton, James White. First, I'll go quick. I mean, Sony Michelle got sniped from him, so he had to go with the other back, <laughs> uh, New England. But overall, I think this team's much better than his last one. I am worried about carry on but overall i think this is easily a b to b plus team i mean noah fant i know we suck him off every single video we've blown noah fant multiple times but we just all love him i, I think noah fant has the potential to be like a top five tight end but with that said can, I, I like the team can i mention can i, I i'm not saying noah fant doesn't have the talent to blow off but say they draft a receiver at 15 if draft capital is everything that guy is going to be the number two receiving weapon like i don't noah yeah. fant doesn't have the the vault but he doesn't there's no way for Noah Fant to command that and ask to command that because he – okay, like, come on. He had, like, two games last year, and he <laughs> dropped a lot of balls last year. He was very in, inconsistent. And the team's a run-first team. 
maybe. We'll see how Pat Shermer kind of goes through with that. They're running his own scheme. So I like the pick. I still just think his ADP is like too early because, yes, the, the upside is there. But what realistically is his upside compared to a guy like – I mean, my guy, Tyler Higby, is going to be the tight end one for the Rams. We saw what he did Ever. last year. Darren Waller is going to be Ever. a top five tight end for the next three, four years, wherever his extension is, just due to volume. Because right now they don't have a receiver. I don't know if they're going to add a receiver because who knows if the receivers are even going to be there at that pick, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, I love Noah Fan as a prospect. And you got your guy, whatever the case may be. I just think it might be a little too early. Okay. The way I view it, uh, Bush mentioned this uh, in the previous video we were doing. I just want to see young, talented players be efficient with their touches. And what I saw from Noah Fan last year is – He was not. He was efficient when he got the ball. If you actually, like, he dropped so many passes last year and he was just not open on so many routes. He just doesn't – like, he's the type of player who doesn't need a lot of volume to produce in fantasy, though. Like, he he produced as a top 15 guy last year. That's not that hard to be a top 15 tight end. Oh, I know. Darren Darren Fells was a tight end one. He did it in a limited sample size, though. You saw it last year. I mean, he developed a rapport down the stretch with Drew Locke. He's still young. He's still talented. They brought Pat Shermer in, who's going to absolutely increase their pass percentages, their pass splits. Uh, At this point in time, uh, Cortland Sutton's the only receiver that really take targets from him. I mean, obviously, we expect him to add the receiver, but say they go offensive line in the first round, or say they add a guy like Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is not going to be the type of receiver who's going to command 100 targets a year. He's going to play the Will Fuller role in that offense. So that's, I mean, what, that's what Darren – Noah Fant is a downfield stretching tight end. And I get that, but I mean – the, when I look at Noah Fant, he's just the type of player that he's not going to need like a Zach Ertz type of volume workload where you're going to need to feed him eight to ten times a game for him to be a productive player. He's the type of player where you give him four or five targets a game, he's going to take one to the house, like flat out. Like he's just such an athletic so, freak. And I love them out, out of college. I mean, they spent the top 15 draft capital on him. Uh, he showed flashes in his rookie year. I mean, I love Hawkinson as well, but we saw we can – all agree that we saw more from Fant than we did from Hawkinson last year, regardless of our evaluations. Oh, that's injury-wise. Uh, oh, and I get that, but I mean, like, in terms of like a per-game basis, let's just say hypothetically. Uh, and the situation just... Yeah, that's, of, you can't compare per-game basis either because Hawkinson's, like, the fifth option in that offense. And Fant was the but, second, but that, not that, by that, talent, but by lack of weapons there. So you're saying he's not he wasn't the number two there because of his talent? Or you say it was yes. solely to you're saying so you're saying it was solely due to the situation he was in, not because he, he was wasn't a top even the starting tight end. He, he wasn't even the starting tight end for half the year. But that also happens with the rookie curve, anyways. I mean, you look at it all the time. Coaches are stubborn. Everybody knows coaches are stubborn. They're not going to freaking play their rookies sometimes just to be, say, "Oh, I want to get my veteran in there." You see it all the time. So I mean, you're really going to say yeah. for half the season, I mean, okay, I guess, on yeah. tight end on that roster. I, I was saying. I was saying it relatively to that's way too early ADP. So let's look, we can look at this two ways. Well, one, you're telling me you have Noah Fant over Darren Waller in your rookie rankings, in your dynasty rankings. In a, dyna- in a dynasty? Now, I love Waller. I think he's a great player. I mean, they're probably going to be in a similar range for me. It's just you have to, you have to take in the fact that when Hunter Renfro played last year, Darren Waller's splits per game changed dramatically. Changed dramatically. Like when Hunter Renfro played, he was the he was getting all the slot targets for that offense. And that like I love Walder. I think last year he was phenomenal. It's just if we didn't have those concerns, he would easily be a top five dynasty tight end for me. It's just 
you have to take that into account and it's going to bump his ADP down again a bit. Again, they're probably around five pick area for me in terms of rankings. I just, I would slightly prefer Fant just because I know, I feel like I'm getting a safer option in mm-hmm. Fant because I, I can project the situation better for him. All right. While Lucas looks up these numbers, we'll recap my team real quick. So I went with Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Deshaun Watson, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Jared Goff, Darrell Henderson, John Brown, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and O.J. Howard. I like my team, but obviously it's my fucking team, so obviously I'm going to like it. My only worry was Jared Goff as my QB, too. I mean, there was no real value after, like, the first couple of rounds. I was worried in the fourth round. I wasn't going to pick Matt Ryan there, so I just said, fuck it, and I'll wait and hope Jared Goff amounts to something eventually. Yeah, I like so, the team a lot. Sorry, go ahead, Lucas. All right, so in, in split, which just means in games run for played, Darren Waller had scored 13.28 points per game, which was 212 fantasy points. Out of split, he scored 16.83, which is 269 fantasy points. You also have to consider the games uh, like at the end of the season versus at the beginning of the season because they started using Renfro more so down the stretch than they did at the beginning of the season when he played. But, so you have to keep but, that in mind as well. Because those, those but, are going to be skewed. Because at the beginning of the season, they weren't using Renfro as much. But by the end of the season, once they actually put him into the slot role and he was developing a target, uh, target basis and connection with Derek Carr, it really took effect on Darren Waller's numbers. So, I mean, you would obviously you got to take into account what he did before that. I mean, that's why his upside is here. That's why he's going to be a top, top seven, top eight dynasty tight end. And I, I still value him there because we saw the upside he brought. It's just you look at the last five or so games and you just saw like when Renfro was on the field, he really took a lot of targets off of Darren Waller's bottom line. I guess we can look at this. Okay, so I'm going to keep progressing with what I was kind of explaining. Go for it. So – I mean, I can't say there's no way. You, you, you can't tell me you'd rather have Noah Fant and James White than Gardner Minshew and Mike Gusecki or Hollywood Brown and Tyler Higbee. Dude, my now, team is God tier. It's an A-plus team, and you guys aren't seeing that. It's no, not an A-plus. I, just, I guess what I'm saying uh, is there's n- even – okay, if we go off Darren Waller's 212 points that he would have scored in the split, say we even knock him down to 200, Noah Fant will not score 200 fantasy points on three targets a game. Like that, he's not going to get three targets a game. I mean, that's the lowest possible. But what he just, you just said he didn't need that many targets to produce. Uh, three three is a, not going to be what, they, what he's going to get. Like, you have to keep in mind, he, regardless of what happens, he's still going to be easily the third option on that offense. Easily. Like, easily. So, I, I mean. I just, it's just way, it's way too high for a position that, I mean, it's tight end premium. But then again, in tight end premium, wouldn't you want a tight end that's going to catch the ball more? Because that's what's weighted. Oh. A hundred percent, but I'm saying in terms of uh, his upside, I feel like you're 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 knocking him a little too low here because I mean three projecting three targets. You're saying that he's going to produce, and uh, we've covered it earlier. Uh, Kyle Rudolph had 48 targets in 16 games last year. You're basically going to say he's going to have 48 total targets on the season for as talented of a player he is. Um, 48 targets depends. I mean, like if they, well, I mean, you look at it this way. Why is Hayden Hurst? Does he have upside too? Hayden Hurst has upside because of how Dirk Cutter uses his tight ends. So wouldn't you have to rank him close to Fan or even above? Just and I, 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 I have Hurst close to, close to Fan. I have Hurst about, at about 10 at this current juncture. I love Hurst. I, I love mean, Hurst. I, don't know. I, mean, I, I, just, I just view Fan's upside as being literally top three. That's how valuable I, I, like, that's how valuable I think he is. I mean, you, we're always going to harp on young tight ends simply because we don't see them produce until the one year they break out and like, oh shit, how did we not see this coming? Look at Andrews last year. He basically came out of nowhere. He basically came out of a spot that Noah Fant was in. Look at Kittle well, two years ago. Different. 
because well, it's not different though. How is it, it different? Was, he was the wide he was the wide receiver one on that team. Okay, well, Kittle two years ago. Yeah, he's the wide he's the wide receiver one on that team. You can't compare Baltimore to Denver. The offenses are different. Tight ends dominate but, in running systems. And That's I just how that I works. I get in terms of offenses. But, I get that. I get that. But Baltimore's the most run heavy offense in the NFL. Pat Shermer's going to throw the ball at a good 65% or not throw the ball physically, but he's going to call passing plays on a good 65% of his total splits. So regardless of Sutton's there or not, regardless of they add a downfield stretcher, the target three on a 65% passing offense is going to be valuable. He's not going to get eight to 10 targets again. I get that. But even him at five to six a game and the role he's going to play on that offense, I just think that's too much. I mean, it's your pick. You understand the upside he brings. But uh, I just think that's too much value to even have him ranked lower than possibly eight or nine. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely see that he's a lower floor than other guys that may be available. I just think the upside is so immense that there's no way you can rank him lower than that. Yeah. All I want to say is that Nick's team looks really sick right now. Wide receiver screws look Move awesome. On, I love Again, Nick's team. Hey, we got to Hey, you got to segue. Segway snacks here today. You got to um, you got to value the running backs more. Again, you did the Daryl Henderson, Clyde Edwards. You just know you're punching me in the cock here, and uh, you like that. It's pissing me off just a bit. The quarterbacks look pretty good. Uh, I I think it's better quarterbacks than your last draft. No worries though. The wide receivers are put together. Running backs look great. I like Nick's team right now. What what grade would you have to give it if you had to choose here? Uh, I'm I'm really hanging on an A here. I, I think I think I would. Um, the end of the draft gets rough. I think um, I love the John Brown pick. I think he's the best. He's going to be the best fantasy receiver this year in Buffalo. Not long term, but uh, this team this team looks like he can win right now, and I, and I like that. But like you just said, he'd be the best receiver in Buffalo. You think he's going to be over Diggs? I said this this season, yes. Yeah. Fantasy wise, so, yes. This this season, you think John Brown's going to outproduce Diggs? Yes. It's entirely possible with no OTAs or anything. I mean, and, and I'll tell and, you why, because, because you harp on me all the time about how, like, and I, I, don't get think, that, but, I don't think Hopkins is going gonna, is gonna to be really good. And, and you're like, oh, well, Kyler doesn't I think he's going to be good. I just don't think he's going to be wide receiver, too. There is a complete difference because I love the guys in that range right after him in terms of Godwin, Hill, and Adams. Now, I don't know if he'd be number, my number two. He might be more so my four or five, but I still love Hopkins. I just don't have him as my two. It's I the guess, same situation, though, is what I'm saying. Like, Diggs it will not build a repertoire with, with Allen at all. So, John Brown already has that. Why wouldn't he be number one at, at, in this offense this season? Well, I don't know if he's going to finish as, like, higher than him, but it's probably going to be more close than most people think. Most people are going to assume Diggs just ass-rapes him, but in reality, they'll probably be, like, around the same area. I, I think Brown's going to be good. I just don't think, like, saying he's going to outproduce Diggs, I just don't. But you need to, but you need it, to, look, at it, seen, you need to right? look at the ADPs, though, because you're not – you need to tie in the ADP. You're not drafting people off rankings. You're drafting them off ADP that falls you. Right. Say you attach a numbered value to Stephon Diggs' 410 ADP and his production, which is going to be similar to John Brown. Like, it just is. That's how the offense is going to roll. Maybe he'll get 400 more yards, whatever the case may yeah. be, 40 more fantasy points. But the 40 fantasy points is not more – more valuable than getting a guy like uh, Ridley and then pairing up with Brown. I get yeah, that. It's yeah. not more valuable than getting John Brown in the ninth round, which 40 fan. There's no way Diggs outperforms by 40 fantasy points. And that was just kind of throwing it out there. It might be five fantasy points just because maybe John Brown catches more touchdowns, whatever the case may be. I, I could entirely see this being like one of those situations where last year everyone said Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are going to be like so close. Yeah, and then Stephon Diggs DJ blows just, him out of the water yeah. somehow, but I don't know. No, I, I just think that it's like, I, I it's don't a good shot to take at 906, guaranteed. 
Yeah, no yeah and I don't want to say he's going to outproduce him because I'm not, I can't, like, no one can say that. No one, because we don't know how the target share is going to happen. That's why I think I'm just going to be completely off digs because I know how ADP falls when players get traded. They boost them up. Everyone boosts them up because no matter where they go, they think it's a better situation for A, B, C reason. So for that reason, you just have to be off him and you just have to move on to the next guy. And that's when you go take John Brown later or i mean like whatever the case may be even beasley in like the 12th round no one's no one's taking away beasley's targets Diggs isn't playing the slot taking over the middle you know what i'm saying so i think it's just like i guess what i was trying to say is you can't think of Diggs as an upgrade or i don't even want to say like a neutral it has to be down a little bit okay so I mean, overall uh, what are you thinking on my team like what grade? i mean i like it I, I would personally again like uh I mean, I, I love Watson. Like, that value at the 306 to pair with Eckler and Zeke is just absolutely ridiculous. Your receiving core is set. I mean, John Brown is a wide, wide receiver four. is a really good high upside pick. Now, you harped on the golf pick, but, I mean, at 706, it's just an incredible value. I mean, personally, I can see him dra- being drafted, overdrafted all the way up into, the, honestly, the fifth round at times. I can, like you say, a quarterback run happens. I can definitely see that happening. So, getting him at the 76 there, especially a pick before Breeze, like, Breeze a 43-year-old quarterback. Again, Goff, who's 26, locked up long-term to a good situation with a good coach. I mean, that's great value. It's not uh, that great of a situation. With the, the, their, lines, their line's falling apart. I get, I get their back. line is bad, but you got the receiving weapons you have on the outside, getting them at 706. You have still you still have Sean McVay there, who's a top-three coach in the NFL. Well, like, he, was a, he was a top coach the year he first came out, which no one knew his system. I think it's a little different now. I don't really see him. Goff's been a top-ten quarterback the past three years, Tyler. And I, getting him at 26 I'm, I'm after seven or six years. I'm talking about McVay. Okay. Would, you t- would you take Drew Locke over Jared Goff? Yeah, yes. I would. I mean, I would. You would? You and would? Jared, Goff, Jared Goff was a 12- and 13th fantasy quarterback, too, by the way. Yeah, okay. So, give or take. Why, quarterback why one, not top-ten. Yeah, all the well, arguments I mean, you made for Jared Goff are the same for Drew Locke, but he has a good offensive line and a pass and a play calling seen, genius on the offensive Jared side. Jared Goff do it though. We yeah. the, again, I love Drew Locke's potential, but we saw we saw Todd Gurley yeah. do it, and you guys are all off Todd Gurley. Yeah, because Todd Gurley averages three three and a half yards of carry last year, and literally his whole fan yeah, his aver- whole fantasy averaging he's still averaging over five in his career. I get that, but he totally regressed. Like you're gonna argue that. 2017, 2008. Yeah, no, but 2017, 2018, Todd Gurley was the same Todd Gurley as 2019 Todd Gurley. That'd be a ludicrous argument that you would lose every time. A minus. No, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying Jared Goff, Jared Goff regressed. So why, why, if you're projecting the same for Todd Gurley, you have to project the same this year for Jared Goff in an offense with less weapons. They didn't do anything on that offensive line. They are, you can't say they're in a position in the draft to build O-line because who's to say any O-linemen are going to be there when they pick. They can't trade up because they don't have future assets to trade up. They literally aren't going to make any moves. They have no cap. Brandon Cooks wants out. You can't roll into a season. They're going to run two tight end sets the whole season because they don't have depth at their positions to run. Woods, Cup, Everett. Uh, Woods, Cup, Everett, Higby. That's cool. Do you have time to throw the ball with that line? And I get that, but even he didn't have time to throw the ball last year, and he still finished quarterback. Yeah, but they also had Todd Gurley, which teams are and playing. I get that. And Todd Gurley was absolutely asshole last year. If you watch yeah, any, I, any Rams games, maybe fantasy and not in real life. What do you mean? Well, they were better in fantasy than he was in real life. Yeah, hold hold you on, you have to respect the talent as a defense. That's that's completely but, different. What he showed, he showed absolutely no talent last year. How are you going to play? What are you? What are you not going to? You're not going to play the run as hard as you as you would have last year. 
Are you seriously going to make the argument last year that Todd Gurley played as a great running back, as a good run, even like as a, a as a a good running back in the NFL? He was awful last year. He was awful back, last back year. Seasons of being that elite, I think as a defense you'd come. And I I him. get that, but he's clearly not the same player than the seasons he was elite. Are you going to call David Johnson when, the same player? When Goff was forced to pass the Tampa game, when the Tampa had a great run defense, when he was forced to pass, he was horrible. So put him in that situation this year where he will be horrible so and doesn't you're have project a run game. one game to project a whole sample size over a season. Is that right. what you're saying? Fine, right let me find some more fucking games. Let's actually give Nick a their review. offensive line was so bad this year, and he finishes the quarterback 13. Getting him at the 706 here, a 26 year old quarterback locked up long term to a great head coach and the weapons they have, you cannot argue is a bad value at all. Okay. And you would you would take him over Drew Locke every time? I uh, from what we know now, yes, I would. I, I guess I'm not like trying I saw, to like. I love no. I I think Drew Locke has higher upside. I'm not arguing that at all. But we saw. Then why Drew wouldn't you take Drew Locke then? Because Drew Locke has played three games in the NFL. But you took Ready? Sam Darnold because of upside. Yeah, I took Sam Darnold because golf was off the board. Ready, Carolina was off the board. Defense, right, move, let's move on to the next good team. run defense. Three point seven. Chicago so you, good just, run defense. Five point two. Baltimore. So you're good just going to project good run defense to carry him throughout this year. What are you talking about? He he still finished quarterback 13. He's not going to face top five run defense every game this year. Like you're being completely ludicrous right now saying that he's not even going to be a value at 706, 26 year old quarterback locked up long-term high. Like he's averaging, we're all going to argue he's being overpaid, but he's locked up to a great head coach with absolutely great weapons on the outside. And their offensive line was a concern this year. It's only going to get better. Like you can't get much worse than it was last year. And he still finished quarterback 13. Yeah, except you lose your running game. So defense. What running game did they have last year? The running yeah, game was Gurley, awful. The guy. Can we give Gurley a was shit. Gurley was awful. Nick, you're Are a we really good? Like, put an A minus team out here. I really, really like what you did as a whole. Uh, wide receiver crew was great. You already heard my review on that. Quarterbacks, I still like it. I still like Goff's. Uh, I still like his value there. OJ Howard was rough. That's a hit or miss kind of guy. I do not like the backup running backs. You know that. Clyde Edwards Hilaire can go eat shit. He's my Twitter enemy. Uh, good team though. A minus. This is an A for me easily. I mean, I'm I'm higher than I'm higher on Henderson. I'm clearly higher on golf. And I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is gonna get second, third round tra- type draft capital. So getting him at the tenth uh tenth pick there is good value. I mean, I just no, don't see any real holes on this team. So anything less than an A, in my opinion, would just be nitpicking. So I'm gonna give you an A. What are your thoughts, uh Lucas? I think the only thing I would have done differently instead of Henderson is just Lindsay. Cause I think even I think obviously it's as of now. So obviously you can't say that the Rams don't have another running back because like that's very subjective because you could say that with the – that means you, you'd basically be picking Andy Dalton instead of Joe Burrow. So I don't want to say like we're, we are going as of now, but we can't project that there's not going to be a running back drafted there. Um, I don't know if there's going to be. I have a feeling they're going to get a guy like Zach Moss or someone in the third, maybe fourth round just to have in that backfield. Um, and I think Lindsey, even with – like, here's the thing. Lindsey's not getting less touches because he was only getting 15 touches a game max anyways. Melvin Gordon is just taking Royce Freeman and maybe one or two carries away from Devontae Booker, who is now cut from the team. Lindsey's still going to produce. I don't know if he's going to produce 1,000 yards, but he's going to produce more in the passing game. So I think even, like, the ninth-round pick, whoever was there, he's not in the draft anymore. I think that's honestly a steal to me. 
and Lindsay's out on his contract after next year and could easily just go slide into another team and just literally be James White for the rest of his career. Um, but, I mean, I think Henderson's a good pick. The talent's there. For all the reasons everyone likes Tony Pollard, you have to like Daryl Henderson because Daryl Henderson tested better, produced better in Memphis. So, I think overall, yeah, I think overall it's a great team. Uh, you won't have to worry about receivers at all. Like, those are going to be yeah. the four receivers you play every week. You have your two running backs, and you're just going to cycle in. Henderson, uh, maybe, starter, maybe an off-pace guy. And even if they get Zach Moss, Henderson's the best running back in that room. So he'll eventually win out. Talent always wins out. And then, hilarious. I mean, I can't project anything, but I have a feeling he's going to be an off-pace back wherever he goes, which is still a fine RB2 on bi-week replacement. Okay. So Hypothetically, no- I, project a position, uh, I project a situation right now. Hilaire goes to Seattle. You're looking at him in the 10th round there. there. That's great value. He'll be, he'll be in the sixth uh, if that happens. Easily. Penny, Penny's yeah. done. Like, they've said he's not going to play. And now you have no offseason in a do with the torn ACL. That's, not, like, say, the, say the season gets condensed, or even if it doesn't get condensed, and they only get a month to prepare, Pete Carroll's a smart guy. He's just going to tell Penny just to, like, no. Like, just wait for next year. You'll have one more year in your rookie deal. Then you'll get you full. And they're going to roll into the season with Carson and Allaire. And obviously Carson's hurt. We've talked about this. So yeah, I think that's a solid spot. Um, it's a sneaky spot for them for sure. I don't know how much capital they're going to put into that pick, but I definitely think they come away with the running back for sure. Okay. So yeah, now we'll pivot over here to Danny's team real quick. Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, J.K. Dobbins, Rieger, Justin Jefferson, Hunter Henry, Justin Herbert, real quick, I'll give my analysis here. He went with two rookie quarterbacks, which could be risky, obviously, if we're talking about this season, but for the future, that's obviously great. He also gets two running backs that are also rookies, Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, that are also huge. So you went with two running backs at every single position, or two rookies at every single position, except for (laughs) tight end. You got Rieger, Jefferson, Dobbins, Taylor, and Burrow, and Herbert. Overall, I think that this team is good, but I would be worried with – uh, I guess not because your two main wide receivers are pretty old and everyone else is pretty young. But with that said, I still think that it's a pretty good team. I'd probably give this like an A minus. I, I love Kyler Murray. I mean, I was going to mention too uh, the Jalen Rager pick. Uh, I love him personally, but uh, if I were to have, have had the full timer, I probably would have taken a guy like Kareem Hunt there. Uh, but again, like I ran out of time. We we're mid draft. Uh, but yeah, either way, like you want, if we put Rager there, I agree. Uh, I'm relying a lot on youth, so that would knock the team a little bit. But again, I just don't think you can, like, personally, it might sound biased, but I don't think you can give it lower than A minus. But Lucas, Tyler, I mean, what do you guys have to say? You're counting on a lot of guys hitting, which I mean is 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 okay. I I feel like your running back position it could either be a big hit or, or a big miss, and I feel the same with the wide receivers. That's the one thing you're relying on if you're going to go that young, uh, which is cool. I mean, we look at last year's draft, and I know last year's draft's a very big outlier because it was an O line D line kind of draft. So, um, you know, we can't really take the playmakers too big, but uh, there was not a lot of early successes at all. And e- even right now, I mean, the, the RB2 in everyone's mind uh, in rookie drafts last year was David Montgomery going at 5.2. And if that happens with Jonathan Taylor or um, JK, I mean, you're kind of, I mean, with JK, I guess you'd kind of be ahead of the game, but if that happens with Taylor, you're, you're hurting uh, your crew. Well, young is is still has to be taken as risky. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that was kind of like a good intro and kind of how I was going to put it. Like you take Rager before a guy, even Jefferson before a guy like Nikhil Harry, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, even I mean even like a Landry for the first pick. I guess what are you? 
let's face it, Rager's not going to be the first three no. or receiver yeah, again, off the board. I, I would have taken Hunt there. Like, again, uh-huh. I, I would have taken and I think, But I think even Jefferson, what are you projecting uh, for Jefferson? Well, I know Harry was hurt, so we can't go off his last year's stats. But what role are you projecting Jefferson to be in? That's not going to be the same opportunity that Harry had, I guess, is what uh, I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, he's going to be a top 25 pick. I just feel like he's a safer guy coming into the NFL. Harry, as much as I loved his analytic profile, he still had work to do in terms of his route running, in terms of his actual like nuance of the game. Uh, nuance of the game, nuance of the receiver position, basically is what I mean. He had a lot of refining to do to his mechanics. Whereas I, I'm watching, Je- as I watch Jefferson on film, I mean, he seamlessly runs his routes. He's got great hands. I mean, he's just a more polished player at this point than what we saw from a guy like Harry. Uh, I mean, again, I, I like Harry. I think he was a great talent. I mean, his analytic profile uh, was humongous last year. I mean, he's one of the best we've seen. But I just think Jefferson is a safer player long term, especially with uh, the quarterback change. We don't know what's going to happen uh, in New England. Whereas, like, Jefferson's pro- – again, you can't make the argument with Jefferson because he's not on the team. But, I don't know. I'm just – I prefer to move He's going to be the wide receiver, too. Oh, 100%. Like he's going to slot into it in Eagles, uh, Bills uh, – not Bills anymore, sorry. Eagles, Vikings. Vikings. Maybe even the Niners. They trade back or whatever the case may be. He's going to be the wide receiver, too, on a team. Um, he, no team's going to draft him round one to be their wide receiver, three. Like, that's just not good team building. I, I get what you're saying. I think it's just more so, like – Obviously, this is a mock draft, and it's just like strategy and whatnot. I just think that you are taking a lot of risk, which is not a bad thing, because if it hits, it hits, and then, like, you're set for a long time. Um, but I think yeah. Tyler was just kind of saying, like, you're taking a lot of risk, which is – I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, because I think I might play it a little too safe sometimes, which I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever the case may be. But overall, I like it. Um, I think I think you started the draft really strong. I love the Keenan on Robert Woods picks. I don't know why people are – letting two top 10 receivers that aren't going to change volume fall to the fifth and the sixth round. Even like, uh, Robert Woods might even increase the volume, especially if Cooks is out there. Yeah. Like so like, I don't, is gone, like, there's no reason why it's changing. Is that Edward's a layer in the background? <laughs> yeah. Me and my buddy Clyde. I love it. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it's a fantastic team. Um, I think I would, I just go as of now, I don't take as many rookies cause it's just not my time. Like if this was actually like a real draft, I would not find myself taking a lot of rookies. Cause I think I like to play it. Like safe, I said, I'm the safer side, but I don't like to play it like super conservative. Um, but I think you have to take it with what it is. But overall, I think it's a good draft. Okay. Right. Now I let's move on here to Lucas this. real quick. Lucas went with Joe Mixon, Chris Godwin, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, DK Metcalf, Scary Terry McLaurin, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Hollywood Brown, Nikhil Harry, Tony oh. Pollard, and Tyler Higby. Real quick, I'll give my assessment. I hate Carson Wentz. I know Tyler hates Baker Mayfield, but I, I don't like Carson Wentz at all. But they obviously are going to bring in a wide receiver. So, whether you pick them, he's fine. Uh, I like your value. team as a whole. I love Le'Veon Bell in the seventh round. I know Danny fucking hates him. But that value is amazing. A guy that's going to be getting you 12-plus PPR points a game in the seventh round is a straight-up steal. I don't like Nikhil Harry at all just because Tom Brady is gone. I think if Tom Brady was there for another two years, Nikhil Harry would have been amazing. Uh, I love Tony Pollard late in the draft, and I think that Higby could be a solid tight end. Obviously, he's up there in age, but could be good for a couple of years, obviously, with the Rams using a lot of two tight end sets. So, overall, I think this is a great team. Yet again, I'd probably go with an A- minus here. I love Terry McLaurin as well. I see immense upside there if Dwayne Haskins learns how to throw the ball. So, to Tyler real quick. Yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty solid team. I mean, kind of looking at what, what, we're, what we're viewing here, I mean – Overall, I think the quarterbacks are rough. 
you know my opinion. Me and Nick just kind of just hate your quarterbacks, and you just have to accept that. They can go eat shit because Baker's garbage at what he does. Um, the value there is good, though. I mean – No, because he's won't be successful. So how is his value good? I mean, I think, I think the way I can put it is – Wentz was QB ten last year with no receivers. As much as I'm not a big Wentz guy in terms of overall football, that was more of a he'd be my QB two, and I'd eventually to figure out my QB one long term. Uh-huh. And as much as I think the Browns are a wash of a franchise, and they still are, just because they went out and signed a one zero tackle and overpaid for a non position in need, does not mean their season is fixed. Their defense is still garbage. They don't have a receiver. Landry's not going to start the season to play, maybe even longer now because they're not even they don't even go to the facilities anymore. And they still can't decide between which starting running back they want. Yeah. I still think he is the safer bet. I, I mean, I know Joe Burrow, Denny likes him a lot, but we can't project much more for Joe Burrow. I think in the like in the the upcoming years than the stats Baker's been putting up. In a way, Baker just hasn't checked off the touchdown department, which you can't project that anyways. But I mean, is Joe Burrow going to throw more than thirty eight hundred yards with? 24 touchdown average in the first two years uh, well not definitely not in his rookie year but i can definitely see him surpassing that yeah. long term now I mean, I, I'm, I'm not gonna hate on the pick i like mayfield uh yeah, and getting not- getting him and wentz at the 312 and 401 term in my opinion is a great value because i personally view them as more so uh mid third round type of players so i mean i think you're getting great value there i mean you opened up with mixing godwin i mean Maybe I, if I nitpick, I'd probably uh, prefer a guy like Adams or Hill. But, I mean, I love Godwin regardless, so you can't nitpick because that, that tier is so close. So it just honestly comes down to personal preference. I mean, we, we prefaced this before. Joe Mixon, he was going 203 last draft. Getting him at 112 there, I still think is probably even great value. Like, I probably would even honestly consider him as soon as probably the 109 in this situation. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a great value there. Uh, you got good young receivers. I mean, I talked about it mid-draft. Oh, damn, you sniped DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. Those are two awesome values there. Uh, two great young receivers. Their rookie seasons were fantastic. Their situation are only going to get better for the future. So I love what you're doing there. I mean, as much as I hate, I want to harp on Le'Veon Bell, for the short term, he's going to provide you a floor. I mean, getting him as your as your uh, your RB2 with a wide receiver and quarterback heavy offense, I mean, you can't hate it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I know we have different team building philosophies. I more aim for players who can project me long-term while you want to aim for guys that can produce in the short term and give you a good you floor. And I, and I get that. I mean, uh, take him at the self seven twelve there by no means is terrible value whatsoever. So, uh, and then you got your two younger receivers. I mean, Brown and Harry, definitely intriguing options. Uh, Pollard Higby to round it off. Higby concerns me a bit simply because we saw whatever did when he was the tight end in that role. And as soon yeah. as Hebert went down is when Higby kind of uh, showed his stride. I mean, the upside is there. I mean, maybe I personally would have, uh, I mean, at that point, all the tight ends were gone. So I like the pick, but you yeah, know, I definitely would, if I, if I was going to grade the team, it would probably be about an a, AA minus. Uh, it just looks like a really good team to me. I mean, again, RB could potentially be a, position in need for you simply because uh your two and three are a little bit uh weaker in my opinion but i mean the the overall foundation you built around them is just really good so uh yeah i definitely like what you're doing uh nick tyler what do you guys have to say about lucas's team yes yeah, it's, it's, i mean again like the quarterback's a mess but that's just my opinion i think the wide receiver crew looks really really clean uh bell as your as your two uh running back isn't isn't screaming rb 16 last year 
Yeah. And everything no, Danny said, not, he's no, on no, projection listen, outside. That's why, I'm not saying, that's why I'm not saying fuck that pick because I could have. Um, I'm not hating it at that value. It's it's really nice. I would have liked to see another running back, but shit, I won't nitpick it too much. Uh, I think the team comes together really well. Tight ends a mess, quarterbacks a mess, in my opinion. So I'm I'm hovering around a B. Okay, yeah, I I think this lineup is pretty much like a B plus A minus. It's very good. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell as your second running back is worrisome for the future, but I mean, obviously, you're gonna have rookie picks in the future that you can just completely go with other guys so that's perfectly fine with me i like the team overall like i said so any closing statements here or are we done nothing really it's just a fun time i mean again if it looks like a hostile situ- situation when you're watching the video it is. i pro- i promise you right now <laughs> we're all is. we're all here to have a fucking good time let's be honest yeah. we're gonna fucking chirp each other as much as we can because we all again we're all experts in this field i mean experts but you know you know what i mean but uh we're, 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 everybody's going to have different viewpoints on the same players. It's just always going to happen. And that's what makes fantasy football the way it is. So everybody's going to view things differently. So, I mean, getting to see it live, the tension that will happen is a, a, a very big benefit for you guys because it basically takes all the, benefit, uh, all the tension off you guys when you're drafting. Like, oh, haha, they debated this. And now, I get, now I get the benefits of knowing what happened in that spot. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that was a really enjoyable experience as much as I, I wanted to blow my head off at times. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Nick, you want to close us off? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you guys all for watching. Make sure to check all them out on Twitter down below. Check out their YouTube channel, Fantasy Stock Exchange. That's also down below in the description. So thank you guys all for watching. I love each and every single one of you. Make sure not to get the fucking coronavirus because I can't have one of my subscribers dying. So thank you all. I love you all.